0: I have had a week. I appreciate all the prayers and all the uh, uh, the calls and all that kind of stuff. I had strep throat, and that's no, fun, that's no fun. No fun. I don't care what. I had. There were several people that talked to me this week and uh, and and was telling their symptoms of strep throat, and 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 it wasn't that bad. Well, let me tell you something. Mine different than yours because <coughs> mine was bad. <laughs> Amen oh my goodness gracious i i I had i saw people putting on facebook and i appreciate it don't get me wrong i appreciate it it was really sweet and it was really kind boy look the preacher was so committed and and so tough and he preached when he was sick and he is so no that wasn't spiritual that was stupid say amen (laughs) and i guarantee you i ain't doing that again amen (laughs) amen we can sing for an hour. i don't care (laughs) amen when i got home i thought what did i do that for amen but it's good to be back. I had, I had people sending me vitamins, uh, uh, medicine cards, and the greatest thing was a chocolate Hershey. Say amen. I, hey, that'll cure anything. I don't care who you are. Amen. But I, I do appreciate it. I know I missed a couple funerals this week, and I apologize for that. Uh, but our heart does go out, and we're praying with the family on those things. Uh, but thank God to be back in God's house. I'm not 100%, but I am not what I was. Amen. Amen. So thank you for being here today. Uh, so this is, this is the committed crowd. <clears throat> this is the commit or the ones too broke to go anywhere. Amen. <laughs> one or the other. One or the other. But that's fine. I, I'm all for vacations. I'm all for going places. And, and uh, I'm going to have my toes in the sand in just a few hours. Because Tammy said I gotta clean out the flower bed, amen. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to no beach. Amen. All right. Some of y'all ain't smiled all day. I'm gonna get you before it's over, and y'all gonna smile, doggone it. Amen. All right. Acts chapter number two in verse number 41. Acts chapter two in verse forty one. We've been, you know, I'm not gonna go into the whole spill. We've been preaching through the book of Acts ever since De- uh, December. Ever since Easter and finding out what, what was going on in the early church and what we can apply to our lives today. Last week, we preached on the word repentance, repentance, and how important the word repentance is, and, 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 and how important it is uh, to repent and believe the gospel, Amen. And, and, and now, we are, we're going to look at another word. Last week, usually, we're, we're going to take uh, three or four or five verses together and preach on those. And, uh, but last week, one word stood out, so that's what we dealt with. And this week, it happened again this way. Uh, and this is the way God wants us to bring this out, all right? Verse number 41. It, are you there? Say amen. amen. Acts two forty-one. It says, Then they that gladly... What's that word? Amen. Everybody say it. Amen. Say it again. They that gladly received His Word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now we know the definition of this Word is to take fully, to welcome, to accept. Uh, and I want to I preach it that way, but I want to I share some other things that God has given me with this Word uh, to help us today. And this is how I want to do it. This is how I want to apply it today. If there was a title of the message today... It would be, what do you get when you get here? What do you get, G-E-T, get. What do you get when you get here? In other words, what are you receiving? What are you receiving? Uh, In old-time church where I grew up, the the old-timers used to say this, I got a word from God tonight. How many of y'all have ever heard that phrase? Maybe you've used that phrase. In other words, God spoke to me. God gave me something. I got something from the Lord. And so that's the way way I want to present this, and that's the way I want to go with this. So if you will pray with me, let's pray that we'll get something today. Amen? Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for this good crowd. Lord, have mercy. Lord, a great crowd on a, a holiday weekend. I pray that you'll bless them. And I pray that they will truly get something from your word today. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. There are two other verses I'd like to read. uh, And just kind of go along with what what we're looking at. And we're also going to look in Nehemiah chapter number 8. We're going to look at a church service that took place after the uh, captivity, and, and, and they came back into Jerusalem, and they started church over again, if you will, uh, and, and, and look how they responded to the Word. But here's, here's a verse I want to read. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says this, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the Word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the Word of men, But as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Acts 17, verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. And these were more noble. The people in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica. How were they more noble? In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And they searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. In other words, they listened to Paul, and they listened to his teaching, they listened to his doctrine, they listened to the Word of God, and they received it, they accepted it, but they checked it. They checked it. They searched the Scriptures daily to see if these things be so. So here in First Thessalonians 2.13, it says, They received the Word of God not as the Word of men, but as it was truly the Word of God. Then in uh, uh, Acts 17, verse 11, they received the Word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now, I want to challenge you today. I really do. I want, to, I want you to get something. I, I want you to get something from this. And, and, and pardon the pun about the, the title and all that kind of stuff. But I'm afraid there are so many people that go to church because they're supposed to. And they go to church out of habit, they go to church out of obligation, and even, even sometimes uh, go to church out of commitment, because you're committed to God. God saved you. But on, listen, our, our church experience is not what it could be. Even if you have a good church experience, even if the choir was on fire like they were today, they were great today, I encourage the fire out of me today, just a little talk with Jesus, amen. amen. How about that bass section? Yeah, amen, I love it. Man, I love that stuff. It, it just cranks my tractor, amen. I, I love it to get to come into God's house, and when I'm not sick, get to hobnob with y'all, and I, I ain't been hobnobbing lately because I didn't want to share any blessings, amen. But I I love getting that. I love... Hanging with God's people, I love the fellowship and I I, I love the camaraderie and, and the encouragement. And I I love to see I love to see people come to this altar and and pray and bring their burdens and bring their problems and bring their needs and and it tickles my my heart to death to see other Christians get up and come and and pray with them and and help them and encourage. Man, I tell you what, that does something for me. But that is just a small part. Of what we come here for. And one of the most important parts of why we come. Is to get something from God. And, and I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians that don't get that. They don't get that. They come to church because they're supposed to. Because they enjoy it. And sometimes, sometimes, you know. Uh, and and you'll you understand what I'm saying by this. Now, now. Are we going to get something from God? When we come to the house of God, When we, it's not necessarily just a house of God. It could be a revival service. It could be a conference. It could be whatever it might be. It could be Sunday school. It could be whatever it might be where the word of God is open and shared with you. Are you going to get something from it? Are you getting something from it? Now, where, where do we want to go with this? All right. Number one, if we're going to get something, and if you're going to get something, this, this pertains to everybody. If you're going to get something from God, number one, there has to be a want to. I, 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 y'all are going to think this is the most elementary sermon, and you're going to think, I was so sick I didn't have time to study, but I did. I'm telling you, I did. David said this, One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord and to incline, inquire in His temple. And to, to behold the beauty of the Lord. That's the worship. That's the glory. That's getting in the cloud. That's getting in His presence. Are y'all with me? That's getting when it's singing and the singing gets thick. Are you with me? And God shows up and God starts moving and you got God bumps on your arm. A hall could bite. Are y'all with me? I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. I want to be in the Lord's presence. Because the Bible says in His presence is fullness of joy. And I get great joy out of being where God is. I get great joy out of being in the presence of our Savior. Somebody say "Man," But then he says this. He adds this. Now, there's way too many people that get hung up right there. There's way too many people who are so emotional. And they get all up in that. And they forget then they need to hear something from him, too. He said, I want to inquire. The word inquire means to seek for answers. Say that with me. It means to? It means to seek for answers. In other words, he's coming to get something. I'm coming to get a word. I'm coming to get something that's going to change my life. I'm coming to get something that's going to help me be a better husband, or be a better wife, or to be a better mother, or to be a better father. I'm going to come get something that's going to make me be a better Christian. I'm going to come get something that's going to bring me closer into the presence of God so I can be transformed into the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm coming to get something. But you're not going to get something unless you want something. One thing have I, come on, people, one thing have I desired. He said, I want it. I want it. I have seen some teams this weekend They were supposed to win it all, supposed to win everything in the college ranks, and, and, and they were stacked to the gills with talent and skill and everything else, but the team they played against wanted it worse. You ever, you ever heard the phrase, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the fight in the dog? It's who wants it worse. And here's the point. Do you want it? Now here, here's what, <laughs> oh help me Jesus, don't let me get carnal right here. Our preparation time to come to church on Sunday morning, it usually consists of this. Come on, we're late. Get out of bed, put them Pop-Tarts up. I told you to iron that stuff last night. And we argue all the way. See, I don't argue no more because me and Tammy drive separately. And we have now for 21 years. Say amen. We're going to make this thing work. Amen. We argue all the way to church and pull in the parking lot and throw on our Sunday and we holler at the kids in the back, y'all better straighten up before you get out of this car. Are y'all with me? And then we come in here and sit down and think, what do I need to get done this week? Now, I'm not preaching, y'all. I'm just telling you what I've done. I do it from the preacher's side of it. I hope everybody shows up like they're supposed to. I hope this is done, and I hope this person's in their place, and I hope, this, I hope I'm on my spot. I hope I, I remember what I'm supposed to do. And God ain't even coming in the equation. We think about this week, we think about tomorrow, the golf game, the barbecue, the whatever. Here, here let me give you a verse. The Bible says this. <clears throat> In Acts Acts chapter 17, verse 10, or actually verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word, watch this, watch this, with all readiness of mind. All readiness of mind. They wanted it. They wanted it. They received the word of God as it is in truth. Not the word of men, but the word of God. Now here's the thing. This is something, this is something, uh, God really spoke to me about this right here. I I said, Lord, why don't people want to hear from you? People are supposed to want to hear from you. He said, they don't want to hear from me. You know why we come into the house of God and we don't get a word? Because we don't want a word. Because the last word we got, we ain't done yet. You remember that time we preached on forgiveness and God told you to forgive your mother-in-law? Or your (laughs) son-in-law, amen? Hey, whatever works. We don't get nothing from God because we don't want nothing from God. Same reason we don't go to the doctor. I don't want to go to the doctor. I know what he's going to say. You got to lose weight. Am I preaching or not? And see, that same principle works in church. Well, I tell you what, there used to be a day I got something from God. Yeah, that used to be a day you was looking for something. Some of us don't want to hear from God because we know what he's going to say. Well, I tell you what. No, I better not say that. I'm going to say it. Why are you wasting your time then? Because he's not going to change. And he's not going to give you a second word till you finish the first word. So why are you wasting your time? Don't waste your time. Make it right. Want it. Desire it. You gotta want it. You gotta want to hear from God. I've heard people say, well, "I tell you what, God spoke to me today." Let me give you a revelation. Every time this book opens, God is speaking. Right. Every time. Now, whether we got something or not, boy, that's that's convicting, isn't it? I've had people tell me, boy, I tell you, God really spoke to me today." Like, you know, and it's been a long time since He spoke to me. It's been no. This is how he said. It's been a long time since he spoke. I said, "No, it might it might have been a long time since you listen." But God is always speaking. There has to be a want to. There has to be a want to. Then, secondly, you're going to love this one. There has to be a try to. There has to be a try to. In other words, in other words, is this is a two-way street. Uh, some of us, some of us are putting our bib on when we're walking through the door. How many of y'all, anybody got a baby around? Anybody ever seen a baby? <laughs> That'll work too. How many of y'all seen a baby? How many how many of you? are old enough to remember before they had baby food in a jar and what mamas would do. They'd take them green beans. Come on, do I have any mamas in here? Are y'all with me? And they'd chew them up, chew them up, chew them up till it was just good enough, and then they'd give it to the baby. And you know what I found out? That's what many modern-day Christians want today. They don't want to read their Bible on their own. They don't want to study to show thyself to be approved. They don't want to go and dig in the meat of the Word. They want to come every week, put their bib on, sit there like a baby, and let me hand-feed you and give you pablum. And we wonder why we're so immature. We wonder why. we're so, Watch this. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Your, your, your marriage is in trouble, not necessarily because she's so bad or you're so bad. You're ignorant, and that that word I'm not being I'm not being derogative by that word. It, it means you're lacking information. You're lacking the knowledge that it takes to have a great marriage. You're lacking the knowledge that it takes to have a great relationship. You're having uh, you're lacking the knowledge it takes to stand against the devil and to be strong in the midst of battle and fight a spiritual fight. Somebody say, man. And, and this is a two-way street. It can't be one way. Now, I don't, mind, I don't mind spoon-feeding and hand-feeding babies. But if you've been saved a little while, it's time to pull up to the table and get your fork and get your knife and let's get some meatloaf. There has to be a try-to. you got to make an effort. You can't come every Sunday morning, sit down and kick back and say, All right, bless me if you can. Why don't, you, why don't you bring something with you when you come? Why don't you spend a little time with God before you get here so you don't have to take up 45 minutes of the service trying to prime your spiritual pump because you've been dead all week long and by the time church is over, you're just now ready to go. Let's make an effort. Man, one of my good friends told me that one of the greatest pieces of advice for marriage I've ever heard in my life And I'm talking about I've heard a lot. He said, son, you know what the secret to marriage is? I said, yeah, yes, ma'am. He said, other than that. I said, love. He said, wrong. He said, there's a lot of people that truly love each other, but they just can't make it happen. And get split up in divorce all the time. He said, the secret to a great marriage and relationship is not love. I thought, well, that's all I had. You know, I I got nothing else. I said, well, what is it then? This is what he said. He said, it's effort. And I, hmm. He said, it's effort. Those who put the effort into their relationship get something out of it. You always get out of it what you put into it. Now, by the way, that works both ways. It don't work one way. One can't be giving and giving and giving and giving, the other not do nothing. It don't work that way. Marriage is always two. But do y'all get my point? There has to be an effort made. Now watch, I got a verse. I got a verse. We're talking about coming and getting something. You got to make an effort. You can't get distracted. You got to pay attention. It says in Proverbs 2, 1, My son, my son, if thou will receive my words, and hide my commandments with thee. Watch this. So that thou incline thine ear. That means prick up the ears. I looked it up. It means prick up the ears. Incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. Preacher, what are you saying? I don't care how good a preacher I am. I don't care how good a teacher I am. I don't care how clear I can give it and put it out there. If you're not looking, if you're not searching, if you're not making an effort, you're not going to get anything. Here's another thing I found out about truth. Don't debate people. I I didn't, which I probably was still maybe, but I don't recommend it. Because here's what I found out about people in truth. If they are not looking for it, they will never see it. I don't care how many verses A.D., you can put it out there just as plain as plain can be. I mean, do everything but draw a picture. If they're not looking for it, they'll never see it. Most people come into the house of God with a preconceived idea in their mind and their heart about their life and the way they want to be, about their marriage, about their children, about everything else, and they're and they set in stone about that. And it doesn't matter what is set up here. They're not going to believe it because they've already predetermined what they think. You've got to make an effort. Watch this. You remember we said we were going to go to Nehemiah? Nehemiah, they had a church service. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 2. Nehemiah 8, verse 2. The Bible says, And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street, that was before the gate, or the water gate, from morning until midday, say amen right there, before the men and the women and those that could understand. Now watch this, this is their responsibility. And the ears of all the people were attentive under the book of the law the word attentive there means observant it means heedful it means regarding with care they were very careful to hear everything to hear and understand and get everything they wanted to pay close attention you say why were they that careful about it they just come out of captivity Let me tell you you why America's church is not attentive. They don't know what captivity means. You see, when, when the nation of Israel came out of captivity and Ezra is speaking to them. Now watch this, you're going to see it at the end of this. Ezra begins to explain to them why they went into captivity. So what is the point? They're wanting to be very careful. To pay close attention to what the Word of God says so that they don't go back to where they were before. Let me tell you what we do. We come in here, we get so easily distracted. And I say we, guys, I'm not preaching at you. I'm telling you the truth. I, I, I'm, I'm in the boat with you. It's so easy to get distracted in the house of God because the devil will make you think about 50 things you've got to do this week. And the more we get distracted, the more we get our mind starts to want. I don't know about y'all, but mine, mine just it's it's it, it whoo. Squirrel! <laughs> but you know what? You gotta discipline yourself. You gotta train yourself. Don't get distracted. Pay attention. You're not gonna get anything unless you make an effort. Make an effort. Number one, there's gotta be a Come on, everybody. There's gotta be a. Number two, there's gotta be a. Alright, number three, write this down. <clears throat> write this down. This is gonna be hard. You gotta accept the truth and how it pertains to you. You gotta accept the truth and how it pertains to you. Watch watch what it they did in, in Nehemiah. In verse five. Alright, they're all paying attention. We just read verses 2 and 3. They're all paying attention. He's reading the word of God. He's reading the law. He's reading the scriptures. And, and, and he begins to, the scriptures begin to teach why this happened and how they disobeyed God. And because, God and, and because of that, God brought judgment upon them and the captivity upon them. Now watch what happens in verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was above all the people. He was on a wooden platform there. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. To me, that, that represents reverence. You know, let me say this. This is not in a point, but I'm going to go ahead and say it while I'm here. You need to respect this word. I have dear friends of mine that I grew up with that, that when, they, when they bring their Bibles into church, They'll have everything in, 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 in their hand and, and maybe Sunday school books or maybe purses and all that kind of stuff and, and they will never put anything on top of the Bible. They will never put the Bible on the floor. They, now, I, you say, well, that's extreme. Might be. And I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just telling you, they respect God's Word. I, I, I had, a, I had a, an old Navy preacher... <clears throat> Old Navy guy, <clears throat> he he come out of the Navy and he was a preacher, evangelist. And, and before I went to Bible college, I, I was walking through the foyer and it was, it, I was just fixing to leave to go to Bible college. And I, I, was, I was 17 or 18 years old, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, uh, I don't think I had turned 18 yet, but, but I, had, I had my Bible in my hand and, and he stopped me and grabbed my Bible. And he held it up to his chest like this right here and he had tears dripping off his face. And in that old, grovelly voice, he said, He said, Son, you're fixing to go to Bible school. And you're going to have to do a lot of work, and you're going to have to do a lot of quizzes, and you're going to have to do a lot of tests, and you're going to have to do a lot of research. He said, But son, don't ever let this precious word become a textbook to you. Tears just dripping off his face. Well, I've never forgot that. Do we reverence God's word? Do we respect God's word? Listen, do you understand the closest thing you have to heaven is sitting in your lap? The Bible says they stood up. Then, watch this, this is the point. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. You know what that word means? True. True. Now watch, This 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 means something. With lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads. Say that with me. They they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. What were they doing? They were submitting to the truth they heard. You know what real worship is? It's not what that choir was doing a while ago. It's not even what I'm doing right now. You may tell you when real worship happens. The first instance we find the word worship in all of the Bible is when Abraham was taking Isaac up to the mountain to, to sacrifice him. Worship was him being obedient to what God said to do. You may tell you when we worship, it's not when we sing, it's not when we shout, it's not when we say amen. It's when God's word comes into our life and we accept it. In other words, if you're a whoremonger and you hear, You're a whoremonger. And you say, Amen. If you're living an unforgiven life, and the preacher preaches on forgiveness, and God, the Holy Spirit, reveals to you that you have unforgiveness in your life, and you say, Amen. And you submit. Now, Now, I told you, you know, the first two points were kind of fun. But these ain't. Because these two is where the rubber meets the road. If the truth is being preached, the first thing that has to happen is you've got to accept it. No matter how bad it hurts. There's been times I've sat in the congregation and the man of God would open the Word of God and God would take that scalpel and he would cut me wide open. And he would show me who I really am. He would show me what I really am. Boy, with tears in my eyes, I'd have to say, Amen. But too many times, Christians want to come into the house of God and hear the Word of God and bow up. He don't know what he's talking about. And listen, the preacher ain't got a clue. He has no idea that he just parked in your garage. Because he didn't. The Holy Spirit is the one who knows your address. Now the question, are you going to accept it? Are you going to accept truth when it's being preached? Because if you can't do that, you can't do the last one. Now what was the last one? Now watch. First, first, Ezra opened the book. Ezra opened the book. And the Bible says they stood up. They were respectful. They reverenced the Word of God. And they were very attentive. There was a want to and there was a try to. They wanted to hear the Word of God and they did everything in their power to hear the Word of God. Are you all with me? And then when they heard it, the Bible says they, they submitted to it. They accepted it. They understood they were guilty. They understood that because of their sin and their disobedience is why they were taken into captivity. Now watch. We must accept the truth. And then lastly, lastly, write this down real quick, real quick. We must apply the truth. This is where the rubber meets the road, guys. This is the difference between a message and a lesson. This is the difference. This is the greatest difference between a teacher and a preacher. Between preaching and teaching. Teaching is here's the information. Preaching is here's the information. Now what are you going to do about it? Preaching always comes with application. Preaching always gets personal. Preaching always gets in your business. When you teach, here's the information. It's take it or leave it. Do what you want with it. But when you're preaching, you can't do that. you got to get aggressive. you got to get provocative. Sometimes you got to get abrasive. But if we don't apply the truth, it doesn't help. Do you realize that revelation without application only brings frustration? I went to the doctor this week. And I was sitting in there, and I was miserable. And I was hurting all over. I didn't want to be there to begin with, but I didn't want to be where I was. And when that doctor came in there, he started asking me some of my symptoms, and he said, wait a minute, i got to go get a mask. I knew that was a bad sign right there. <laughs> he came in there and told me what he, what he needed to do, and he said, sir, you got strep throat. Pretty bad case. Your white blood cells are really elevated. He said they're supposed to be eleven thousand and they're seventy thousand. I thought, ooh. He said, "Now this is what I want you to do." Now how foolish! What I've been to say, hold your shot. And I just, I, I'll, I'll buy the medicine, but I'm not going to take it. Say preacher, that's awful ignorant. You're telling me. I said, bring that shot on, brother. All the medicine you can give me, I'll take it. I was taking everything. I was taking home remedies. That I can't even tell you about. Say man, right there. We'll leave that right there. Amen. (laughs) Well, I don't care what they said. Whatever, if it would have work, I would have applied it. And by the way, I'm not no fan of needles. None. Zero. That's why I ain't getting no tattoos. Say amen right there. Well, if you're so afraid of needles... Why did you get that shot? Because I was more afraid of staying sick. How many people come into the house of God every week and God sits in their lap and tells them what their issue is and they're not willing to accept it and because they're not willing to accept it they will not apply the truth to their life and they stay sick. Stay in a sinful condition stay in a backslidden state and wonder why the preacher wasn't good enough for them to get something. No, you got something. Are y'all with me? Uh, Brother McFalls is here. <clears throat> how, how adamant was Preacher Brown about application in your outline would he not jump up and down like a rooster if you went from point one to point two without applying point one because he said application is everything if you don't teach the people to apply the truth that they have received they get nothing from it All right, let's apply this message today I've got four minutes, whole minutes what do we do then Let's start getting ready to get something before we get here. Let's make a commitment. Let's do whatever we need to do Saturday night so Sunday morning we can have a little peace. Do what you got to do. Prepare on Saturday night. And we can, guys. This is, a, this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer. We can do this. Put your favorite gospel music in in your CD. Let it let it play. My wife my wife when she gets up in the morning, she she she's got a one of them stations on the TV that plays inspirational music, gospel music, and, and and through the whole house you can hear, you know. In other words, let's 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 hear from God before we get here. It will drastically change your experience when you get here. Jalen, what would it be like to step here for that very first song and they're already ready? That'd be life transforming, wouldn't it? Can you imagine the atmosphere in this place? All right, that's, we're applying that. Now let's do this. When we sit down and we open the Bible, let's say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. You have not because you. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you hear what I'm saying? I am guaranteeing you that right before I get to preach, or whoever preaches, it don't matter who preaches, if you open your Bible and say, please, Lord, speak to me, you're going to get a word. But with that, you've got to be willing to apply it. Because you may hear this. You may hear this. Nikki Joe, God may say, Now, Nikki Joe, you don't heard what I told you last time. And that's no problem. Do it. All right, Lord. I need to start this, or I need to stop this, or I need to get right with this person, or I need to. You see, God is shaping you every week, and you don't even realize it. Through the experiences of your life, through the troubles of your life, through the problems of your life. You think all those problem people in your life, those headaches and aggravating things you've got to deal with in life, you think that's all. Acquaint- no, 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 no. All that's planned, all that's organized, all that is by God's divine plan to form you into the image of His Son. Why does He got to put me around so many idiots? It might be that you need to learn patience. Why is he putting me around so many unlovable people? Because, see, we love people because they love us. But Jesus loves everybody. So if you don't love everybody, God's going to put you around people so you can practice. Now let me be the first to say, what I'm doing right now is easy preaching but hard living. We got it too soon or later? Let me ask what do you a question. I mean, really. What do you get when you get here? Is it a spiritual high that wears off by Monday? Richard, I tell you what, I'm, I have a good time on Sunday. By the time Monday gets here, I, well, it might be you're just in the emotional part of the service. You might need to hook up to the power of God's Word because it will bring you through. All of it goes together, but you can't have one without the other. I don't want to just come in and and hear preaching. Man, I want to be in God's presence. I want to sing, and I want to praise Him, and I want to be in all the atmosphere, but you can't have one without the other. David said this one thing, have I desired, and that will I seek after. In other words, I have desired it, I want it, and that will I seek after. I'm going to make an effort. I'm not going to depend on somebody else for my experience. I'm not going to depend on the preacher. I'm not going to depend on Brother Jalen. I'm not going to depend on the handshakers out there. I'm coming to get mine. And that will I seek after, David said. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life behold the beauty of the Lord I want to hang out in his glory Woo, say baby boy if I had about three more minutes <clears throat> y'all remember just, just half a minute remember the Queen of Sheba the Queen of Sheba when she came to, to visit Solomon because she done heard all about him and she just wanted to see if it was real y'all remember how many of y'all ain't never heard of Queen of Sheba help me people see this is what I'm talking about right here there was a queen of Sheba who heard about all the glory of Solomon and all the wisdom of Solomon and all the power and all the money and all, everything that was there. And the Bible says she came and he took her all around and answered all her questions beyond even, even, even answering before she asked some of them, read it. Ooh. And she said the half has not been told. But that's not the good part. The Bible said when she saw the temple and how the king went into the the place to worship, it said it took her breath away. You know why? You say, because it was a temple. No, she'd been in a bunch of temples. She'd been in temples everywhere. But she ain't never been in one with a cloud in it. She had never been in one with the glory of God in it. With the presence of God in it. And when she, somebody, I'm about to shout right now. And some of y'all have no clue what I'm talking about, but if you ever get into glory. What David said, that's why he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. He said, "I just let me hold the door open just as long as I can get around the glory. Amen. That's another message. Amen. Let's stand. Everyone stand. Come to get something. How many of y'all got something today? Give God praise and glory. Yes, amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings today.